everybody. Welcome into this episode of Just Another Sports Podcast. You're probably wondering why. That's not Greg. That's not Greg. What is that voice? I don't want to hear that voice. And you know what? Josh is thinking the same thing. <laughs> Man, I'm screwed then. I know. I got to hear it. So Greg got so mad last week that we called him out on his Penn's fandom that he uh, swore to never come back. Yeah, I think he's boycotting this podcast for the time being because we just poo-pooed his Penn's fandom. Yeah. I still don't believe it. Yeah, I don't believe it at all. And and I don't take it back. And now I'm told that his family has made death threats on my life. Well, and that was not Penn's related, apparently. That was... <laughs> Uh, Big Ben related. Big Ben. Yeah. How could anybody stick up for Big Ben? Those Steelers fans. We talked about this yeah. last week. They are, man. They they are behind their boys, no matter what. No matter no what. Matter, I want to hear Greg's. Is it his brother? I think it's his his, his younger brother. Yeah, younger brother. I want to hear his argument for why Big Ben is. He's gotten past all of those likeable. problems, Colin. He's grown <laughs> and matured. We can all grow and mature, but. Uh, Actually, I don't think he's matured. That's kind of the that's problem. That's what we were talking about. Yeah. Like, that's that's what we were talking about. I, he hasn't gotten any better up until this whole thing with the back with the kid they drafted. He refuses to talk refuses to talk to him. But he, there was something that came out this week. Did you see that? No. About, there was him? Some, about him, there's something that oh. came out that he did. He shot him a text or something. Yeah, he said, like, good luck or yeah, something Yeah, good like luck that. on his first day of rookie mini. Like, good okay. luck, kid. But then he wrote, like, he only did it so he could write about it. And so the newspapers could report on it, and then they could say, oh, Ben, you made up for it. Everything's okay. Drama drama queen. That's all he does. So we're here with just another sports podcast. It's weird. This is a it weird, is weird feeling. It is a weird feeling. Kind of good. I kind of like it. Oh, I, I, I hope Greg say, never comes I was, back. <laughs> I was going to say, I need Greg to hold my hand. This That's, is uh, I'm uncomfortable. So, well, you're alone in a room oh, with that's, me that's why yeah it is always uncomfortable being around you without uh, other company <laughs> with other witnesses I, <laughs> so i want to uh I, I thought we should start and we talked about this I, I think the prevailing thing going on right now in this area would be the caps and okay, I, I, yeah. I i thought i thought we we, we should probably dive right into that because i don't know if you saw it were you in the office last night i was here yes did you guys um, have the caps game i actually on? um i had the i had lebron on i had the, the caps uh, celtics on because yes. uh that was yes. that interests me more yes I, you know yes I, don't take offense to that i hope you don't are offended by the fact i, I really don't Greg's care brother yes <laughs> i really don't care that much about the Capitals. i don't care there it is right, there it is that took two minutes um yeah and uh so i had the celtics and Cavs on and then Graham Cullen, our photographer, uh-huh. who was out, Caps fan. he is a big Caps yeah. fan. He was out uh, in Frederick in the pouring rain, mm-hmm. um, photographing all of these rescues and all of these dramatic water rising scenes that mm-hmm. were happening, and, and did a phenomenal job as usual. And he came back and was like, "Hey, can we turn on the Caps?" And I was like, <laughs> "All right, they're losing four to one, Graham, in the third period. Do we really need to turn them on? LeBron is on the ropes here." That's such so a good Graham impression. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, wasn't before really this is over, I'm going to give my Greg impression <sighs> before okay. this is over. No. Uh, so did you didn't? So watch, we turned it did? on, and I was uh, working, so yeah. I, I didn't really. I just was monitoring. They the got score. it to four two, right? They did. I think. Yeah. And I had turned it off when that second goal was scored because it was so late in the game. I was like, sorry, I'm turning it back to the LeBron game. Uh, <laughs> so I I wonder what this means because Washington is a team that nobody thinks can actually come through in the big moment. 
and they win. They they dominated. They didn't just win. They dominated the first two games of the series. They come home in front of that home crowd again. They I think they're seven and one or maybe eight and one on the road in the playoffs so far. I, I guess think seven that's and one. Right. Yeah. And they're not that good at home. I and, think that's right. <laughs> and I think, I think it's if they win this series, I think that they will not have home ice no matter what. I think I did read that somewhere. Did you think they would sweep no. after seeing those no. first couple of games? I didn't think that they would sweep, but I also didn't think – like last night, they looked bad. I, I okay. thought that, that game three, they, they, didn't, they didn't really look good at all. I watched the last two periods. Tampa Bay is a good team, but the first two games – Washington overpowered them. Washington looked really good. They never let off the gas. How many sports cliches can we come up with? But yeah. like it, they just kept going and going and going. And I really thought that they were gonna, you know, maybe a five game series, maybe a six game series. But now I think this could this could go the distance. Yeah, everything I was reading from the previous two games, um, most of it was from the Washington Post. It was man, they were just pouring it on thick. Yeah, and it was like yeah. this team finally figured it yeah. out, and here we go. And they got over the hump, and now it's game on. Yeah, Ovi's gonna get one yeah. finally. Yeah. And they were. It's just. It was like out of control almost that they were just jumping on that bandwagon mm-hmm. and just you know they were ready to roll. So um, I don't know. I, I think Greg said it like he. He questioned whether or not they thought, you know, hey, we we did what we needed to do. We beat the Penguins. Like they, you know, are they going to be able to, uh, yeah. muster enough to win the whole damn thing after mm-hmm. after finally getting over that hump? After getting home on their victory parade for winning a second round, <laughs> yes, a second round series. But the the winner of the last two Stanley Cups have been the winner of the Pens Caps playoff series. That's true. And so I think there's a lot of goodwill. I mean, I I don't. I think it's going to be a lot more competitive than people thought. And I didn't – I mean, I I fell for it. I Washington had me convinced that they had really turned sure. a corner. And I don't know that last after last night I can can really, really, really continue to think that. I looked online for tickets uh, for game oh. four. Were you thinking about going? Well, I thought – because I've been reading so much about how the fans in D.C. and at the Caps games aren't sort of – turning out the way they used to like i know it's the playoffs and i know that you know it's a big deal and people will be there but i just i've i've kind of heard that they attendance hasn't been as good as it's been it's been good but not as good so there are some tickets to be had maybe on the stub hub you know on on the secondary market uh so i looked them up and saw that that they have uh tickets for about 150 bucks and i don't i think that's a little too much what do you think um, for a playoff game in the year that perhaps the Capitals pull it off, I think 150 is reasonable. Where the, are we talking? We're talking about upper level. Yeah, they're they're also selling Stanley Cup Game One tickets on and StubHub. the price on that about seven hundred dollars. No, yeah, I, yeah, I I would drop 150 to go see this series. Um, I would not uh, yeah. pay seven hundred dollars to go see the, the. As weird as that sounds, I just, uh-huh. that's too much money. Yeah. Oh, that's definitely too much yeah. money. And I'm not a fan yeah. per se, but I, like the idea of going to a playoff hockey game, especially this late, would be really interesting. I think if yeah. they got, they get to a game six, and that would obviously be here. I think that would be if if it got as low as maybe like a hundred dollars. I think that'd be worth. When it. When was the last time you went to a NHL hockey game? Uh, NHL hockey. I sound like one of those guys on yeah. the ESPN that says <laughs> the National Football League all the time. Uh, two. Two years ago, three years ago, okay. I went to a Caps game. Cap, uh, 
hockey, live hockey is fantastic. Oh, I know. It's the best live sport. I think you're uh, probably of, right. Of the four, of the big four in America, hockey is the best thing to see live. What, let's ra- I mean, what's let's two? Ra- okay, Medusa's box right here. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Uh, what's number two? For you. For me, I would say basketball. Really? For that me. That beats the NFL live. Okay. And I was going to say, you know, I was, I was even, I might even think about putting the NFL fourth. Wow. Because I really like going to baseball games. We've talked about this. Uh, yeah. I, I do very much enjoy baseball games. Um, I've only been to hockey games a couple of times in Have my life. Have you covered hockey ever? I never did cover a hockey game. Um, and, and, you know, that, that that doesn't reflect on my interest level. And I think it's. I think we've talked about this as well. Ho- hockey players, to me, are, like, incredibly underrated athletes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Skating's that's a, hard. Yeah. I can't mm. even skate. Yeah. Much le- These guys are re- essentially running on skates yeah. and, you know, and all these other skills are involved. Um, I would say, for me, live sports event, yeah, I would probably – I mean, it's a great sport, don't get me wrong, live, but I would probably put the NFL first just because when you go to an NFL game, you're most likely sitting – well, we are anyway – most likely sitting <laughs> up high. And you can see a different – it's a different vantage point than the television presents. So I appreciate that. Is I that, enjoy that. Is that to you because you love football more than it is anything else? It, yeah, may, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I do. Football is probably my favorite sport, spectator sport. As a kid, I was a baseball fanatic, and first and foremost. But I've never known you to be a bigger fan of anything than you are of the Vikings. Right, that, and instance. that's very true. So I think that's probably was making my decision for me. Wait, I know you were a big Pens fan. <laughs> <laughs> of course, a lot of people don't know that about me. Uh, and uh, so, I, so you go NFL first. NFL first. I would probably put baseball second, just because that was my first love as a kid. Then I would probably put the end, I would probably put hockey third, third and I would put and basketball, basketball last. And I mean, I covered a lot of basketball, yeah. and I just I, I don't know. There's I don't know. It's uh, fine. It's fine on television. You know, I'm I'm just talking about yeah how different it can be live as opposed to watching it on television. Well, to me, the reason why it can be different to me live, uh, I like I actually like sitting in the upper bowl at basketball okay. games. And I think I had said this to you uh, a couple years ago, the one time a year that Golden State came to town, I went to that. And that, w- that was the year uh, that I think Golden State might have won their first title. But I think I, it was. I think yeah. we, I remember talking about this with you. Yeah. It was when, like, Steph, like, everyone was falling in love with yeah, Steph. Yeah, everyone was falling in love with Steph. And he put on a show that night. And I saw, I would, you know, tickets, that was another one. Anytime I go to an athletic event, I'm, I want to play the game and say, can I get it for $25? And if I can, then I'll go. So th- that's what was going on with that. But sitting on the top and on one side of the, one side of the court and seeing everything develop to me, I really, really enjoyed that. And you can't get that on television. It's really hard to see the way that the side, the sort of side angle is. You can't see every moving part. As well as as well, you can as see I most like. of it. You can though. see most of it, but yeah. not but not every moving. Yeah. So no, I I get that. Um, I uh, what what trumps everything to me though, um, is going to see live World Cup qualifying soccer, which I've done, and Boy. I know that you're not going to get on board with that. I but. <laughs> well, no, I won't. I I won't be able to get on board with that. But um, my appreciation for soccer is uh, grew out of covering high school soccer Mm. and 
that's an awesome sport to watch. It oh, really yeah. is. And I, and I, um, when you have the, the nationalism on, yeah. b- on, on that too, the oh, U- I believe you. Yeah. The U S was playing Turkey and it was, you know, it was just this, and it was in Philadelphia. What year, what year was uh, that? This would have been, I was, this was before I got here. So maybe 2006. Was and that a World Cup year? It was a World Cup yes. year. Yeah. So it, it was 2006. Yeah. And you were a soccer player. Yeah. Right? I was a soccer player. So I, I mean, I absolutely loved it. I mean, it was electric mm-hmm. and it was just, it was turkey. Like, who knows yeah. or cares anything about turkey? But I think it was a draw and it was just one of the most amazing experiences. Well, have we talked about this? I think we talked about. What are you going to do now that the U.S. isn't in the World Cup? What are you going to do as a soccer fan, as a football fan? As a football fan. When the World Cup rolls around, who who are you getting behind? I don't know. It's very, very hard for me to feign excitement if I don't actually feel excitement. And I've tried in the past to just, you know, pick up other teams. And I just, I can't. That's a weird I, one. That's a weird yeah. one to do it with. Yeah, because the team is our country. Exactly. So it's like so. Then you like look back. I'm Irish and exactly. I'm German, and then you're like, okay, well, I guess I could root for Ireland. Who, you know, I guess I could root for Germany, but I, <laughs> like, I just I don't have any any interest. Can you name in any that. Irish or uh, German players? German German players should be easier. Wasn't than that is, wasn't that the name that always. I always remember was Schweinstock, Zinedine Zidane, or whatever. Well, he was. I think or, he was uh, Swedish. He's Swedish. Yeah, Zinedine Zidane. Yeah. He uh, he headbutted somebody. He, that's what right? I remember. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look him up. I think he was Swedish. So, but, but you're gonna watch, right? I'm gonna watch. I mean, this is coming up. Yeah, I'm definitely. It's well, no, he's French. Okay, I'm sorry. About he's that. French. That's he's correct. French. Okay. That that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, I so. I'm going to watch, but for instance, and this was actually truly one of my favorite memories from living in Maryland, and it involves Graham, of all people. I, When the games were on and the U.S. was in it the last time, I would leave work at 4 or 5 or whenever, I, I, and I would go downtown to Bushwallers. And, I mean, the, the, the bar was absolutely packed out. You could not move. And uh, Graham was always there too <laughs> yeah there's not a re- real reason for me to ever go to Bushwall. <laughs> well it, it, it's i think it fancies itself a soccer it does, place so so watching that was a lot of fun and drinking and and um yeah that I, was that I was know. good i can't imagine myself doing that for like a you know uruguay game or something <laughs> like i'd I just but, can't. But you're going to watch. I mean, but I'll watch. It's and I'll, I'll keep game, up with right? it. Yeah. yeah. But I, I'm also interested. I haven't like looked at the, what's the time difference? Do we know? No, I, like, don't. I, don't, I haven't. I haven't looked is it going to be like I, the Olympics? I'm trying to get through the high school playoff season here, man. <laughs> like I, it's hard for me to think about anything like that. Well, right speaking, now. speaking of playoffs, we, we, we gotta, we, we'll, we'll get off the caps. We got to move. Yeah. To, let's jump on. Uh, let, let's, let's move to what you actually did watch was the Cavs game last night and the NBA playoffs. Uh, is LeBron done? Uh, yeah, we had it on here, and man, the Celtics are just so fun. They're so and so good. You know what they make so me good. think of, and I don't know if there's any accuracy to this at all, but when I watch them, what I think about is that UMBC team and that game that they won. Oh yeah. Now yeah. they're certainly a very very talented team, and mm-hmm. it's unlike UMBC in that respect. UMBC 
you know, was full of these unheralded kids that, mm-hmm. you know, they just played these great couple of games. But um, they just go for it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's a lot of fun to watch, yeah. especially against somebody like LeBron. They are not scared. They yeah. are not scared of LeBron. They're not scared of Cleveland. I would love to see them play Golden State because I don't Man. think they'd be scared. I don't but think that's they'd the be thing. scared. You of know Golden what's State. funny about this is we talked when the playoffs started. We were like, mm-hmm. "Who do you who you got?" And you know, of course, you've had the Celtics the whole time. I've never credit, wavered. And you've on never that. wavered. Yeah. We need to continue mentioning that. <laughs> um, but I said I got the Sixers, and Greg was Greg was like, "No way! They're too young. They're not ready for this." And he was right. Yeah. You could say the same thing about the Celtics, except for the fact that they have Al Horford Horford, and a couple of other guys. But they're incredibly young, and they're the ones who are sort of playing with the – They're the the, opposite side of what happened with the 76ers. Absolutely. They're playing the way the Sixers should have played. They don't know any better. Yeah. And they're just going to keep going and going, which is so much fun to watch. And and Cleveland – did you watch Sunday? Did you watch game one? Goodness. I can't remember what what I had on Sunday. Because um, Cleveland, I was working Sunday. I, I I wasn't able to watch much of that. No, I, I was, it looked like a bomb went off on the Cleveland bench. I mean, there it was a quick. I think it was twenty five to eight in the first quarter, and it was just a quick. You knew it was over. Cleveland looked dumbfounded. They had no idea. They had no answer. You want to know why? Because they don't have a head coach. Their head coach and GM is LeBron James. That's who it is. And unfortunately, he's not that great of a coach. He's a really great player, but he's not that great of a coach. Tyron Lue's a joke. And we all knew, I think we said this last week, Brad Stevens would coach circles around him. What I find fascinating about it is this is the first time in the NBA in a long time that you can look at a coaching matchup and see the disparity and the difference. Yeah, and that's a really good point. And you can see it matter. Like, how often do you watch basketball and think, oh, yeah, the coach is really – no, actually, Brad Stevens does matter. Yeah. So, And he's – I mean, he's attacking LeBron the way – the Raptors probably should have, mm-hmm. you know, I think they're, they're putting more bodies on him and they're making life more difficult for him. Um, what I'm trying to think, did you watch the war? Did you watch the Warriors? Uh, last night? Yeah. No, wasn't no, last, no, no, that was, uh, that game was, one that was, was Monday. Monday. Yeah, no, I didn't, but I read up on it because I saw that they won by double digits and said, I guess the series is over. Cause James Harden had what? 42. He had yeah. in the four and, and Chris Paul had like, yeah, I bring this up because I wanted to I wanted to make the comparison. Like LeBron, you know, he you just knew like, okay, well LeBron's gonna come back. He's gonna have a, a, a bonkers game mm-hmm. and they're gonna win because yeah. he's gonna and he did, and they but they weren't able to pull off the win. Mm-hmm. So, same sort of thing happens with Houston. Mm-hmm. Harden comes out, does his thing. Mm-hmm. Like he plays the way Harden plays, and it didn't matter, man. Yeah, I know. And and that's kind of I was the, I thought when I read about that, I think it's going to go in steps now for the Rockets because James Harden has has completely been put on a milk carton like last year. He he will give up. He doesn't show up in big games, and he's done. This year, well, he's showing up in big games, and they're still not winning. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to have to get a number three. They're actually – and Capella's come around. He's become a name that people now know about and – of course, our editor Chris Kinsler has said he's always he's left Gaga him. over him. But yeah, but know, he's not a he's, he's not, not a number a three. big three star. Trevor, Trevor Ariza is not a number three. They're gonna need that if they're gonna compete with Golden State. And if there was one reason that LeBron should not go to the Western Conference, he needs to take a look at this series right now. Houston was deservedly the best team in the league all year. James Harden will probably be the MVP. They they finished. They have home court advantage, and they still can't get past 
Golden State because from every, all accounts I see, Golden State barely, you know, sweated mm-hmm. on, on the other night. That's what it seemed like. I mean, I, who do they who do they have that they can guard Durant? I, like I sent you, um, I texted you yeah, that picture today. Yeah, it's a yeah. picture of Chris Paul guarding I Kevin know. Durant. What the hell are they doing? <laughs> I mean, I know they, you know, switches occur and all, all kinds of crazy mm-hmm. stuff happens in games, but it was like there, there's nobody that can guard that guy. Yeah. I, I was, you know, Harden is what what I was thinking about when I was watching that game was how just how drastically different um scorers can look yeah i mean think about it you had like you know if you go through the last several or last couple of decades you had you know uh kobe mm-hmm. and he was like almost like a clone of jordan yeah and then before you know at that same time frame you had alan iverson who was 6-1 or yeah. whatever he was um you have um and then, but then looking at it now, look at Harden. Harden's a big, strong dude. LeBron's yeah. a big, strong dude. Mm-hmm. And then you got this skinny, spidery-looking yeah. Kevin Durant. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's yeah. crazy how you, there's all these different body types. These guys that are uh, these crazy scorers in the NBA. Well, that's just, that's the whole thing with the Golden State Warriors too. When you had uh, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, they were just these skinny dudes out there <laughs> running around. <laughs> Their arms look like noodles, yeah. and they're just throwing Firing shots, and they, they just don't miss. Draymond Green compliments them so much because he's a thicker dude, and he's in there, and he creates space, and he's a great, you know, he's a Dennis Rodman, Charles Barkley type. And now like Kevin Durant, it's a whole. Di- it would be Man. different if if there was a third person like Clay and Steph who just wanted to sit outside and shoot, or another person like Draymond who just wanted to, you know, tough it out inside. Kevin Durant's a whole other dimension to that. Team. Yeah. Who do you think's a uh, a better? The, who's the better offensive player? That's the d- debate. I think that is is going on these days, especially with this series happening. Is it Durant or is it James Harden? I think it's Durant, and I think it's Durant because what makes James Harden so tough to guard is the way that he. Pl- it's not. It's just as much his skill as it is his style. I think with Kevin Durant, he has a bigger skill set than James Harden does. James Harden's left-handed. He has a weird shot. He loves, he invented, next to Dwayne Wade, the whole shot fake, jump into you, go to the foul line yeah. thing. Like, he gets a lot of his points at the line. Uh, Kevin Durant, though. Durant can't, this, he can't do that, though, the way He can't. No, you're right. But he's also, he's somebody, he's a 6'10 guy who, who's he's seven out. He's tall. He's seven, and he, he's out, he's shooting threes, and you have to respect the three. He can blow by you. He's that quick, yeah. and he's so long. He stretches yeah, out the floor. That's what makes me answer Durant to that question because he can get his shot. He could get his shot, a jumper, mm-hmm. regardless of who is in front of him, essentially. Now, yeah. now, Harden can get can get to the basket or he can shoot a three, so he's got a couple of different ways to score too. Mm-hmm. But to me, if I'm, like, if I'm able to make myself into a basketball player, mm-hmm. I think I would build myself like closer to Durant yeah. or – even Anthony Davis, somebody like him. Yeah. But Durant to me is just – I mean, there was a play the other night when he had like he, – he took the ball off the dribble. He took like two enormous steps like from the three-point line and just dunked it. Yeah. It's like who it's else can fair. do that? I know. I, I mean, know. if he's on like – if he's on the run on a fast break and he has the ball, he could probably – he probably takes three steps inside the half-court line and I he's know. at the basket. I know. Like in three steps. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. There's nobody else who can do that. Nobody's that quick yeah. either. And that's the thing. He has a ball handling skill set that that just other people don't have, and has rarely been seen really in in the NBA for yeah. for its 
for its history. You always had to be one or the other. Um, even, you know, Dirk was a big guy who could, who had a good shot. Him, yeah. he, he, he was a threat anywhere on the court, but he wasn't quick. Right. You never knew, you never thought he'd blow by you, but Kevin Durant, it can dribble, jab. I mean, it's just done. So he, it's like, it's like a Michael Jordan, but taller in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think Jordan was almost like back then he was like the prototypical like basketball player yeah i think he was you know because it was, it was all lean muscle and ex- mm-hmm. explosive you know twitch fibers and yeah. you know like <laughs> nobody had been like that before yeah and, and he was using tom brady's trainer yeah, before probably <laughs> oh did we wait did we, did we mention the the ichiro story we haven't talked about the ichiro story did you hear about this no you mentioned tom oh, brady yeah did we talk about this on air you mean <laughs> yes yeah you yeah i think we talked about it last week i didn't can't we? remember if we did that was that was great. That was pretty yeah, awesome. That was Ichiro great. said he didn't know he who, didn't know who, Tom who, the, who the hell Tom Brady was. But I digress. Anyway, <laughs> that was great. Yeah. That was great. Um, so I don't even know what we were talking about there. But uh, yeah, jo- Jordan was like uh, he was the pre- preeminent, you know, body body style or body type or prototypical basketball player when he played. And I think now it's it's you know it's probably Durant. I mean. Yeah, well, I think you'd want to be Kevin Durant. Yeah. I, I don't think you want to be... People look at Steph Curry and say, I can be that. Exactly. But you look at Kevin Durant and say, I want to be Kevin Durant. And, right. and that, that's what I think is the difference. Nobody wants to be a big man anymore either. So even you know high schoolers, 6'10", 7-foot high schoolers, will think to themselves, I still want to learn how to shoot a really long three ball yeah. <laughs> rather than... you know, I swear the game's gone. ...brush up my post game or something. Yeah. So... I what I I have to ask Cleveland down 0-2 they lose do we have any sense of what happens with LeBron do we have any sense at this point because I think those two losses to Boston were embarrassing even though they're undefeated at home you know everybody's going to chatter about Kyrie's out they're going to say Gordon Hayward's out. What would happen if they were back? If they were back, it wouldn't even be a question, which I would debate because I think teams more if it's like the John Wall thing that I argued earlier this year and, and Washington got better for a short period of time. I I just I wonder, LeBron looks around and he says, I can't beat Boston. Where and is Boston, he going to go? I don't know. That That's that's the thing that gets me all the time. Because like I said, exhibit A for him to not go to the Lakers or to not go to the West Coast and the Western Conference is this series right now. You will not beat Golden State. You won't. And by the way, everybody wants to see in an ideal world an NBA final where LeBron's on one team and the Warriors are the other team, no matter what team that is. Yeah, I think he's got to stay in the East, man. Like, I, I do too. Especially at this point, at this stage of his career, you know, I know you say he's playing until he's 45 so he can play with his son. <laughs> but, I mean, come on. Let's be realistic here. He's got, like, you know, three great years left probably. Yeah. He's um, got a lot of mileage on him. Too. Yeah, and the depth of quality teams in the West mm-hmm. is so much more infinite than than yeah. that than it is in the East. So he's – I don't know where the hell he ends up, but if uh, – he, I would be stunned if he goes west. I mean, they they blew up the entire team at the trade deadline, yeah. and they got you. You can make the argument. Do you see how they play out? I don't think so. I don't think there are a lot of great players. Look at that. that well, they, look at these last couple of series. Look at the series that's happening now, and the mm-hmm. series in Toronto. Where the hell are those guys? I don't. I don't know. The reason why the Toronto series and the and the how they were able to close out Indiana was Tristan Thompson. Yeah. Tristan Thompson showed up. He got a huge payday a while ago, and then he disappeared, and now he's showing up again. 
the reason why Toronto seems so light was because of Ke- Kevin Love. Like he played great, but you don't know which Kevin Love you're going to get. I think if you're LeBron, yeah. you need more reliable stars. You need more reliable people. With that said, then, and I floated this on this show months ago, you know, maybe the the answer is to trade Kevin Love for Kawhi Leonard mm-hmm. or something like that. That uh, That's being floated. I think people are already talking about that. But can you rely on Kawhi Leonard? Because he just flat out refused to play Flaked. for the Spurs. Yeah, he just said, I'm going to take the year off. That's what he did. For so the Spurs I, of For all the teams. Spurs, I yeah. know. So I, I don't know who you can really trust. I don't know what you really do. I think if you're him, you want to get rid of Ty- Tyron Lue, maybe. Yeah. But I also don't think LeBron's coachable. I don't think you could put anybody in there. Pat Riley... Maybe I I don't know. He, coach Spo, nobody gave any. Could Popovich coach LeBron? Probably. Would Probably. he listen to Pop? He might. He might. But with all that stuff with Kawhi, I would he listen think. to Brad Stevens? I don't think so. Because he's too young. Too young. I don't Brad think Stevens probably still as the same age as LeBron, right? If not, uh, well, look it up. Yeah, I would think Brad Stevens is a little older, right? Yeah. LeBron's my age. We uh, we're both born the same year okay I think. yeah i think stevens is slightly older bring Steven? him to, bring lebron to dc man do you think that's possible he's 41 brad stevens is 41 okay, yeah, years so old so that's but he looks years. like he's 14 he does yeah he's like yeah. bob costas i know yeah. <laughs> which you always put i know poke fun at well that's a again this this show's going so smoothly this hey, week look at that Greg. a segue a great segue uh it's 517 mm. so i mean I, that might be a little too inside baseball for anybody listening but I'm going to see the Preakness draw. The draw. Just occurred. The, and I, I, I'm not. And, I and Colin is it. trying to pull it yeah. up and it's not coming up. But anyway, mm-hmm. we want to know where Justify is, is breaking from. Yes. that's And so are you going to watch? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I watch. I, you know, unless there's, well, it's usually if the Belmont that I don't watch because uh, at that by point, then the triple crown's we know out. <laughs> if the triple crown's out. Even then, sometimes I might turn it on just to see if something crazy happens. But yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, I'm always, always going to turn on the Preakness. So are you? Are you? Uh, are you working? Saturday, I am working, but uh-huh. uh, yeah, I'll have that on. I usually start my shift from home on Saturdays and come in here late. Um, so I'll watch that from the comfort of my own couch. Are you going to the Preakness? I'm not going to the Preakness, unfortunately. If I was, I'd be writing about it. But Are ahead. you betting on the Preakness? Am I betting on the Preakness? Yes. Um, I do plan to bet on the Preakness. In fact, um, I was uh, thinking about being around Baltimore that day, so there's a possibility. But I want to know, One of uh, you've been around this area far longer than I have. Has the Preakness always been on your radar? Is that something you've always got yes. up for? I can. That's a great question. Um, you know, I was a sports crazed kid from mm-hmm. the time I was probably. I guess sports entered my consciousness probably when I was like nine, mm-hmm. and that was like 1987. And the Preakness entered my consciousness probably the year after that. And you can look this up to fact check it. Okay. Sunday silence, easy goer. Preakness. I was at my grandparents' house, and they live in Baltimore County, not that far from Pimlico. Uh-huh. And 1989. That was 1989. Okay, okay, so that was a year later than I thought it was. So 89 okay. was my first memory of the Preakness, and that was an unbelievable duel down the stretch between Sunday Silence and Easy Goer, who I think had also dueled at the Derby and went on to have a little bit of a rivalry at the Belmont. Now, obviously, there wasn't a Triple Crown winner that year, but it was mm-hmm. those two horses that was 
the driving storyline. It was kind of, you know, I guess there was, God, who was the rivalry? It was affirmed in Alidar way back in the 70s. Uh-huh. That, was a, that was like a huge rivalry. Mm-hmm. And I think these two were like the next pair that were really rivals um mm-hmm. in the triple crown races and that was that long so that was 15 that was 20 years ago. so i have always 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 watched that race and so i've never mag- now i was just gonna ask you you've never been i've never been there were times when i was like in college i think where i had friends and groups of groups of friends that were like man we're going to preakness you got it and i was just like that's not my scene like i they were going to the infield and i just that was never me you know what i think we should do? i think we should legitimately do this next year is get Two press passes. Oh, man. And you can write a column. The, the problem is the weekend that it occurs. It's a terrible weekend for sports for us locally. We have so fi- I can't be like, peace out. I'm going to Preakness. You guys handle business. If here. we start planning now, you have a year. I could. <laughs> if I, you know, if I was you a real could. jerk. It's not like but, you're a boss. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I could do it's it. It's not like you couldn't control your own fate there. But. My God, I think that would be... Epic. If you and I could go to Preakness. You write the column, I'll write the race story. That would be crazy. And then we'll... We have to, we have to plan this out. And then we'll go to the after party, the NBC after party <laughs> with Costas. But we can <laughs> clink glasses with Bob Costas. It, I mean, it happens, but... And I'll, I'll tell... I mean, it's probably... It's been one of the three biggest thrills of my life to, yeah. to cover the Preakness for as much as I You did it for us for, what, five for, years or something? Yeah, and I'd really, really miss it. Yeah. As soon as the race is over, it is like... It's within 15 minutes... There are reporters in the press box drinking a beer. <laughs> like that's, I don't know if they filed. They're I don't vets, know. Man. Oh, I know they are. That's what There's I love about that press writers. box. And and then like they, you know, all of a sudden everybody disappears. Yeah. And and they say, you know, you know, they just want to go. They go down to the barns or whatever yeah. they want to. But no, no, no. They're all going to just drink more somewhere else. That's what's <laughs> happening. And and tr- the other thing too. And you told me this going in, and you were a hundred percent right because Jeff Brammer told me this. Yeah. Former news post employee. Yeah, and he used to cover he uh, horse racing pretty, really well. Um, the the food, the press box buffet that they give you at Pimlico yeah. is out of this world. The chicken S- Scale is, one to ten. Adds, what are we oh, talking? it's a solid eight, eight point. Don't tell me they have chicken Chesapeake in the press box. Do they have that? No, they have fried chicken. Okay. Fried chicken's well, the chicken thing. Well, in Maryland, fried chicken's kind of a big deal, too. And it's really, it's really, really, really good. Then they have things like I don't like, you know, like... Ground things. things. No, no, just like seafood things. And you don't eat crabs. Things. You want to crab cakes? No. They, yeah, they have... Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, okay. I, that just, just looks so disgusting. Right. So they just finished. They just finished. Okay. I'm watching the stream. Justify is going to break from the seven. And and we're talking a field of how many horses? Eight. Ooh, okay. So that's not great. No. And actually, oh, so they are they're giving us the 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 odds. odds I already? think I think so. Yeah. Quip. Okay. Uh, Lone Sailor. These are probably I, the, fresh horses. Yeah, none of these. I mean, I don't remember any of these making a case at the Kentucky Derby. Good Magic. How about Bolt Doro? Is he? Nope. He's not in the field. Nope, he's not Ooh. in the field. I thought I thought that that was happening. So interesting. So it's all okay. fresh horses. You ready for this? So justify the the opening line. This is breaking news, even though you'll hear this hours later. <laughs> uh, justify open at a at one to two. Ooh. So that's how that's how much of a favorite that horse is. The next closest one is Good Magic at three to one, but one to two. Yeah. Like. <laughs> 
one to two, you're not going to make any money. You no. have to find three other horses to pair him yes. with and, and super get that fight, trifecta yeah, or whatever. And, and just, you know, hope for the best. Oh, Bob Baffert's being interviewed right now. Of course but, he is. You know what's and, funny about Baffert? I love Baffert. But what's funny about writers and Baffert is, like, I swear to God, when Baffert dies, he's going to have on his, like, tombstone, it's going to say, it's going to say, um, white-haired horse trainer bob baffert like <laughs> like I, that, that phrase appears in every horse racing story that you read that includes his name they always refer to him as the white-haired horse trainer <laughs> i've i've covered him and i've never written that so i'm okay. proud of that right. in fact the first year that i covered the preakness i came back and our good dear close old friend jeff etnire was at the head of the copy desk and uh when I fi- he read the story, I think, and the first thing he says to me when I get back to the office, which was it was such a long day, oh, you got Badf- Baffert, didn't you? I was like, yeah, and, and he was like, you have to, you have to. I think his horse won that year. Like, right, I mean, right. you have to actually get some quotes. Did you read the stories? I think the Baltimore Sun had this that this is the first year they're saying that you will be able to see the race from the infield. Have you read these stories? No. Pimlico has undergone renovations of some sort. Of course, yeah. And and so now, uh, if you're in the infield, you will be able to watch the entire race instead of um, the certain spots. Well, that's good because, well, I mean, most people... I don't believe it. Most people that go to that infield don't give a rat's butt about what's going on on the track. So um, that's one reason why I never wanted to go. Because yeah. I wanted to see the race, yeah. or the main race. So well, you can't. And you can't. Well, I mean, if you're us, you can. Right. But, I mean, going going down into the infield at maximum twice per, per, just throughout like, the day. Just to peruse. No this. longer than 20 minutes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, that, that's taking Taking the scene yeah, and you've and get out. you've read the columns. Yes. I mean, there's no matter what. Every time I go down there, something treacherous happens. Exactly. something awful is going to happen to you. I mean, I feel it's, like you know, I've always been like, I feel like I'd, if I went, I would probably get somebody would like chuck a beer can at me and like hit me in the head or something like that. It, it was it was ten o'clock in the morning, and I I always wear a coat, a suit coat, and yeah. and, and, and a, you always look dapper. Yeah, I'm walking under the tunnel to get into the infield and some drunk, some pairing of two drunk girls just lost their whole beer on my coat. Oh, and man. I'm, uh, this is before I even made it to the press box. And I'm just like, this is, this is going to be you an smelled awful like day. S- stale like, beer, yeah, like stale Miller light, the rest Bud of the light day. and Bud light and perfume and cigarettes. That, so yeah, it, it's a mess, but it's a fun mess. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. My neighbor is, uh, I think he, he goes occasionally with a work group that gets like a tent or something like that in the infield and they get all dressed up and mm-hmm. do the whole scene. And he was asking me, he's like, would you ever want to come? And I was like, hell yeah, I would want to come. Yeah. But it was, uh, I think last year he was asking me and uh, the timing just was bad for whatever reason. There was something else going on that weekend and I couldn't go. But yeah, that would be fun too. Well, I've, really I've like, hung out in that area, sort of the yeah. rich people area. The rich people is, area. is what it is. Yeah, I would be incredibly out of place. I don't know who, which. I, was, I don't know who I would fit in more with the degenerates <laughs> or the rich people. Yeah, the rich the people middle. are tough. The rich people are tough to be around. I, I mean, the degenerates are kind of my crowd, yeah, so I'm, I'm okay with that. But the rich, pe- is, and it's funny because as soon as you step 
through the line of demarcation from one end yeah. to the other, you immediately begin like no matter what you hear, it's being you're being talked down to. Yeah. Like right around the corner, Bob Costas is lurking everywhere, <laughs> just ready to condescend. It's all like a mosh pit next yeah. to a five star <laughs> yeah, you know, restaurant. Re- it really is where yeah. people are spending five hundred dollars a plate or something. Yeah. But it, that sort of meshing of worlds. See, I've never been to the Derby, and I think before I because di- I've. Oh, I want to go to Louis- I want to go to Kentucky. Uh, yeah, I I want to go to yeah. the Derby. There's a lot of places I want to visit in Louisville. Yeah, with the bourbon too, and yeah. and I really would really like not to bourbon do that. so much for me, but, but I understand that. <laughs> and then um and then I, I'd like to get to the Belmont too, just to yeah. just to do it, because the last thing that I covered for you was uh, it turned out to be a Triple Crown right. winner. So I, I was I was very very excited about that, and I think it should be a bucket list thing to get to absolutely one of the most crushing now i'm a vikings fan so i know something about crushing (laughs) sports moments but one of the most crushing moments as a fan in my adult life was smarty jones losing at the Uh, belmont by by a head or something like that Mm -hmm. by bird it was birdstone that beat him i was so on that train i was so excited (laughs) for finally a triple crown winner and he was in the lead the whole way and got caught and <laughs> there was even a local a somewhat of a local connection to that horse not necessarily frederick but i remember doing a story about the gentleman who trained smarty jones his father was i think he lived in like charlestown west virginia or something like that i can't remember what the connection was but i did a story I, that that the week of the Belmont or two mm-hmm. weeks ahead ahead of it, I called and t- I got his dad on the phone and did a cool story about that. So, yeah, but, I, you know, these races to me are – if there's a – man, if there's a triple crown threat, uh, there's just nothing more exciting to me. I know. No, I, I 100% agree. I actually – I had the – the luxury of doing what you just did too. I followed around a trainer from Frederick That's one right. year, and that that was one of my favorite. That was things. a really good story. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, vividly. That I and I liked him, and yeah. he was. It was it was a lot of fun to kind of check in with him, and I really. That's when you really feel a part of it when you have a local connection and somebody to be around that nobody else is paying attention to. So if anybody out there wants to be a sports writer for a living, find those that's, people. Don't get Bob Baffert. Find and honestly, those that's people. why. To me, you know, this is taken in a different tangent, but like that's why I love what we do here a lot of times mm-hmm. because we're telling stories that no one else can tell, yeah. just like what, or you know, no one else is going to tell, just like you're talking about with this with the Preakness that that one year. Yeah, no, and th- again, this is a perfect segue into stories people tell. God, I want to roll. I, w- I want you to set this up because I I need to to I need this explained to me about what happened with this fighter. Oh. In UFC, yeah, I read a little bit about it, and it—I it, don't want to say it confused me, but it worried me, okay. and I don't know why. So, well, I'll just concerning. let you go. You—you you go ahead. You set it up. Well, uh, so there was a title fight at UFC, whatever it was. I don't even know what number it was last it was like weekend. One hundred eighty something. It's there in the two hundreds now. Way, way into the two hundreds now, Colin. And um, this—the uh, young lady who was fighting Amanda Nunez uh, for the title. And she went to the corner after the fourth round and her corner people, her corner men were, uh, were right there with her. And she turned to them and said, I'm done. I want, she said, I want to be done. (laughs) And she had just been pummeled by this incredibly talented striker and this incredibly strong woman, Amanda Mm -hmm. Nunez. And she'd had it. She was done. And she was essentially throwing in the towel and her corner men did not allow it. Uh, they said, 
no, you need to, we need to fight through this. I don't remember all of the specifics of what they said, but they essentially were like, you're getting back out there and you're going to finish the fight. And she went back out and she got plowed <sighs> in a matter of minutes and was, did the ref stop it? Or it was, a, I think it was a tech. I don't think she was knocked unconscious, but it was, a, I think it was a TKO or it was technically a KO. Um, but yeah, so it, it was an egregious uh, situation. The, the corner people are there to protect. Mm-hmm. One of their huge jobs, obviously, is to protect the fighter. Mm-hmm. And they, they did the opposite. They threw her to the wolves, mm-hmm. essentially, when she was ready to quit. So I have a huge problem with it. What, what's been the chatter about it? What's been the feedback since this? I think there's uh, there a lot of people are um, aghast mm-hmm. at what what occurred, and rightly so because she was you know she's the fighter. Yeah, has she said anything? I don't I, you know I unfortunately I have not been following MMA as closely as I used to, and mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what she came out and said. I think I did see a headline where she was like. I had she had no problem with what her trainers told her, and she wow. understands why they wanted her to go out because it's all about you know sh- the fortitude and showing your toughness and trying to finish the fight. Because you can't look; the odds are you can go out there and she could have landed a one in a million punch and won the fight. That's true. <clears throat> so, but I if think you that get, was, if you're gonna give up, like if you're in a place and these fighters are tough, yeah, to, for they're me, tough and crazy, yeah. So for you to get to a place and you're that person to say I'm done. That you're probably done. You need to be done. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, I mean, we've seen it in boxing, you know, yeah. over the years we, and yeah. I've seen it in the MMA where the corner just says, I remember there was a, there was a, uh, a title fight. Oh, it was a title fight. It was, it was between GSP and BJ Penn way back when this was like 2000 let's say it was 2008 or nine. I don't even remember, but BJ Penn was trying to come up a weight class and beat George St. Pierre and GSP was just destroying him mm-hmm. ground and pound every round same thing after one after another and his bj penn's corner just said that's it he's not coming out for mm-hmm. whatever it was the fifth he'd had enough mm-hmm. and that's what needs to happen it's not yeah. you listen to your fighter in those yeah. situations yeah so um yeah, yeah that was a, you don't see that sort of thing happen you see a lot in in mma a lot of the controversies um revolve around officiating mm-hmm. and early stoppages or they involve um judges decisions mm-hmm. but you know I, the judges decisions it's it's the fighter's fault for letting it get that far you know if mm-hmm. you're putting it in the judge's hands you just got to deal with whatever yeah. it is that they decide yeah the, but you know this to me is a much bigger controversy you know, i have a much bigger problem with what i saw um with with her with her corner than i have ever had with like any official or there there's no way for there to be repercussions right no like I, the, the, well, she could fire that them, that was that's the only that, repercussion that's it okay i agree with you I, it's not like ufc is going to hand down a penalty yeah. and be like you know what are they going to say i mean i don't know how they would that's scary they would penalize that's them, so. it makes a sport that people could turn away from because of its brutality seem that much more brutal yeah and seem that much more sort of that's surprising that you know it's, that it could be more brutal but yeah. i think you're right that that did it yeah that i i couldn't believe that i want to get to to one more thing because yeah. we're actually running very low on time okay. which who would have thought um i really want to talk about the betting thing yes we got to talk about this sports are now going to be you can bet in yes. every state doesn't mean that all states will allow it. There are Maryland, states, I don't think will be. Yeah, I'm, I agree with you. There are states that don't have the lottery, for instance. Right. Like the, so, and I, it's odd to me that Maryland won't because it's typically a democratic state, and this seems to be something like 
sure. liberals would would get behind. But it's also a big horse racing. Yeah, state. I know. Yeah, there's so, lots of lots of uh, tracks. So a couple of casinos. I w- who's going to benefit the most in your in your view? Who's gonna which sports are gonna benefit the most? Because I have a, I have a clear answer for Ooh. this. Well. I want to hear your answer. I think, well, without question, the NFL is going to benefit the most. Okay. And then from there, I think baseball is going to uh, benefit the most. And, I, and I'm going to tell you why, because basketball and hockey are too fast. And where this is going to go is people are going to have the ability to bet on minute, every play. Minute to minute. Minute to minute. You're going to be sitting in the stands and there's what, 45 seconds between plays in the NFL there, you can bet on, is this going to be a run or a pass? Are they going to get more or less than 10 yards? Is this going to be a touchdown? It's going to be, you know, bang, 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 over and over and over again. You can't do that in the NBA. You can't do that in the NHL. That's a really good point. Um, what but, about NASCAR? What about well, golf? Golf, I think, could have, be interesting. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the slowest thing of them all. Like, right. So, I, yeah, I think, gosh, I can't even imagine the prop bets that come out of some of that. But – the NFL, when it comes to fantasy sports, like they were at the forefront of this anyway. Like that—that's when people play. When people, even people who don't play fantasy sports, they play fantasy football. Like that's sure. t- typically how it goes. They're gonna want a cut of this. I don't know if you read mm-hmm. any any of this stuff, but mm-hmm. like Adam Silver and Roger Goodell and a lot of these, like uh, the commissioners said, well, they they're gonna want. A piece of the pie. What percentage are we talking about? I'd, uh, a small one. percentage, yeah. Less but than one. I don't like that. To me, that seems unsavory. What do so you, you think? So about you think that? they should just should they just pay the pay the NFL a flat rate, a flat fee? They should pay all the leagues just a flat fee instead of giving them a percentage. Is that how you think uh, they should handle it? I don't. I don't. I mean, I guess so. I guess that's better. But I, I, I mean, I just wonder why is the NFL entitled to gambling money? Right, you know, like why? It's why an, should it's they? An, it's one of those intellectual properties, yeah. um, situations. Yeah, I, I guess think. so. I guess so. I, I just it really it really bothers me because now the, the amount of conspiracy oh theories. God. Wait yes. until we get to a, oh, a, a yeah. ga- like if we think fans are crazy now, you're you're inviting a whole nother sect of people that who are not the savoriest people you can, including myself. They're I'm unsavory. Digi- yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how else to put it. I, and all of those people, there's going to be conspiracy theory. And you know what else yeah. is going to happen? Talking about the leagues getting paid or getting a cut of this, college football. How can you continue to make the argument that college football players should not be getting paid if now this is a whole nother revenue stream that, that they are going to be responsible is for? Is college that, involved in this? No, but there, you but you can now bet on college football anywhere, presumably. I guess I just didn't know if it was only only professional sports. I think I think you can bet on anything. I'd right? Have to, I'd have to. I'm look pretty into sure that. you can. Like you you could bet on. I well, I mean, we could look that we up. We could. We could. <laughs> but no, if that is the case, you're right. Uh, the NCAA would have no argument for why eventually they can't pay their athletes. Yeah, if this if this indeed it's the same thing with opens Medusa's box basketball. It's the same thing with basketball too, because yeah, I'm looking. Oh, for, of course, of course, you can bet on uh, college basketball. I'm looking at all these betting sites for college basketball now. Yeah, so it's like you can do that. Yeah, and th- it's a whole other source of of money that's it's being made. A whole made. other source. So oh, that's right. I forgot that you you hated that. <laughs> so, are you gonna bet? Is that- 
I'm not a, I'm not a gambler. You're not a gambler? Not in the least. Not in the least? I didn't know that. No. I, I've been to Atlantic City and not spent a dime on did you see that table games or slots new jersey already yeah uh like oh they're not signed signed up yeah they're not wasting any time yeah um no i'm not no i'm not going to bet bet. and i know the answer for you i'm definitely going to bet yeah because but i guess because you're a degenerate but i can't do it in maryland and that's the problem i I think i told you you this story you live very close to pennsylvania i don't know what pennsylvania's laws are going to be well so okay but a few Super Bowls ago, and I think I t- it was the Denver Broncos Carolina Panthers Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I found something online. Uh, I f- I was going to bet it, basically. Long story short, and I bet some prop bets, and I bet the game. I bet that the Broncos would win. So so you know, it was, you know, I made some money. Yeah. They just re- at when they were supposed to give me the money. Two days later, I got an email saying they refunded the money I bet because I live in Maryland. Ah. Uh-huh. So that's not cool. Yeah. So I don't, it's like, do I just go, if I go over to Pennsylvania, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. You would have uh, to be, you have to be in the state. You couldn't I'd do it. I'd have to be in the state. I couldn't do it remotely. It's. You're yeah. going to have to investigate. I am. Because this is going to be a big part of your life moving forward, I think. I think this is, but it is, it is <laughs> <laughs> very much so. Is. But it's also like, it's going, this is a huge deal. It is. This is a huge, huge deal. ESPN is going to have. 18 different gambling shows now. Oh, they're going like, to have to have a new network. Yeah, ex- I really believe that. Yeah. And it'll probably be on it'll probably be part of ESPN Plus now, which is the what they call the app, Watch ESPN ESPN Plus. You like the whole idea of ESPN the Ocho will be uh, <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. So I I really I really really think that this is going to change the landscape of things and I'm really really interested in seeing the way that it evolves in terms of, you know, betting on will he get a hit? Mm-hmm. at bat and will there's no limit to there's what we're no, going to see I think there's no limit especially whatsoever. with baseball you're right that yeah. could that could really be the foul ball ground mm-hmm. ball and then you know you debate an error you know like if it's ruled as an error but you bet that an error like uh, there's so many things that that this yeah. is just I think you've opened Medusa's box with it <laughs> <laughs> so uh what On are you looking note, forward to well um we we started this new segment. I keep saying that I will, I'll tell you some about something that I read. Yeah. Um, nothing is coming to mind currently, but I was extremely excited to learn that Netflix and I think it's ESPN are partnering to do a ten part docu series on Jordan and the Bulls. Yeah, I was going to bring that up so, earlier. When we were talking about. It. So I'm incredibly excited about that. And that's not going to be out for more than a year, I think. Yeah, it's going to be a while. So that's on my radar um, from something I read. And something – so we, we always do what Greg wants to do, something seen or to be seen. Yes. So that's my to be seen. That's your to be seen. And Years in addition, I told you today how excited I was when I saw a DirecTV ad that said Red Sparrow that's is right. now out. You got to watch it so and you got to let I, me know. I can't wait to see some Jen Lawrence <laughs> <laughs> and lots of her. Apparently. You, I guess so. You're going to have to, and then we'll get Jason Fraley on. Yeah, we that's, can do that. I would we'll love do. to talk to him about Jen. I'll just, uh, we could spend 45 minutes talking, talking to him about, about Jen Lawrence as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. we. I, he's, he, have you talked to him lately? Not lately. No, okay. It's been a while, but I, he would be available, I think. Um, what about you? I'd, I don't. I mean, to me, it's got to be the Preakness. Yeah, I think on every level, it's the Preakness. I'm excited. I think justified. We just learned drawing number seven 
that's going to be a tough way to go, but he's a great, great horse. Do you think he's got I, the speed to get out and uh, right away where he wants to be without burning too much? I th- I think so. At the same time, what's the weather? Like, yeah, we, we didn't talk up. about that. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be pretty bad again, yeah. and um, we saw how he handled things Churchill down. So yeah, I I think he I think he's going to be okay because uh, the field is not big. I don't think there. Are, there is a scary opponent mm-hmm. in in the field, and I think he'll be able to get out uh, and get into position mm-hmm. and and make it happen. I do too. I do too. I think the thing about the field at the Preakness too, which I say all the time, it's eight horses this year. Sometimes it's nine, I right. th- and then maybe we'll get a scratch, and there's only seven. Right. So if you're gonna box a superfecta, all you got to do is pick four horses yeah, that'll finish the in, the, 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 in the top four out yeah. of seven or eight. Yeah, and that's what I, I I'm all going into Preakness weekend. That's always my thought process, and I'm always thinking this, this is easy. This is a no brainer. How much like research do you do uh, for the Triple Crown races? I read. Okay. I read up a lot because on these them. are yeah. all like we said. These are horses that were not in those the derby. Are, yeah, so I, I have a lot so of gotta, stuff to do between gotta, now and Saturday. <laughs> but but I mean like. I, I'm always one off, you yeah. know, and I, that even happened in the Kentucky Derby. I remember oh, t- uh, tweeting uh, my mm-hmm. picks, and then I had two of the three, and it's the most infuriating. Oh. The I can't tell you how many times because when you're in the press box, they have they have a, a box up there that yeah. you can bet. They have tellers up there, so ev- all the sports writers bet all the time, and I I can't tell you how many times, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm thinking, I got this is no. This is so easy, and I'm I'm always next to Andy Byer, who has like five tickets in his hand. Guy's a got, legend, man. And and he, <laughs> the result is always the same for both of us. It's just putting our heads down at the end of the race, throwing away the ticket and grabbing the notebook and, and figuring out what the hell we're gonna write. So that's great. Anyway, I, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the Preakness. We'll look forward to next week with uh, Greg back. Hopefully, he comes back and he doesn't hold us hold it against us for another week that we don't believe he's a pens fan. i know i know uh, did they already start mini camp when are the otas for the pens yeah we're gonna have to he's i'm sure he knows that by heart yeah, i he's know he's got that memorized he's probably got tickets so he's probably got tickets to uh the first off season he's probably at home uh, crying into his sydney crosby jersey that uh that they're not in the eastern conference finals but and i also yeah i also want to say finally greg never says this anymore the the theme music is from a band called Double Motorcycle, I which Greg never mentions. So you should uh, check them out. I actually, you should check them. Do you out. know when they're going to appear next? <laughs> uh, they they are going to be playing in Altoona, Pennsylvania, okay. on Friday, and they just got a fresh batch of T-shirts to sell. So if you want your I double want motorcycle shirt, ten dollars. That's it. I got ten dollars in my wallet. You got? I they're in my office right I'm now. One. I'm <laughs> You so have a you medium, could, a smed- Well, yeah, we have extra medium. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's gonna be uh, anyway. Uh, so, check that out. This has been so much fun. We should do it every week like this. Man, that's man, poor Greg. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. See you next week. <laughs>